Welcome to My Cousin Jane, a podcast about Jane Austen and her works, with your host, Lee Phelan. Hey, everybody, welcome back to My Cousin Jane. So today we're going to be talking about Persuasion Chapter 8. Now, this chapter is interesting because we sort of transition into what we might call the new normal between Anne Elliot and Captain Wentworth. The beginning of this chapter kind of opens up and says, from this point forward, they were frequently in one another's company. Despite that, even though there's this kind of familiarity now, there's still a lot of tension, especially on Anne's side. I mean, we don't really know what Captain Wentworth is thinking, but we know he's kind of stiff and cold towards Anne. But there's still this kind of interesting dualism inside of Anne's brain, because on one hand, she's kind of this trying to pretend to be this dispassionate observer about what's happening between Captain Wentworth and the Miss Musgroves. But on the other hand, there's still these little things that go on that show that she still has a strong attachment to Captain Wentworth, kind of her emotional response to some of the things, the things that she notices that nobody else does. And so it's just kind of an interesting tension that starts in this chapter and kind of ends up building up until, well, well, we don't want to spoil it for anyone, but, uh, to some certain things that take place in Lyme. But for now, we're going to focus on uh, a couple of more naval-related things in this chapter, and then we're going to kind of take a break from that. But in this chapter, one of the things that's interesting, we have the return of the Navy lists, and we have a discussion of some of Captain Wentworth's ships. So let's start out. We've talked about the the naval lists a few times before in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail there. Um, The naval lists, just as a summary, they were a way for people to keep up with what was happening with the Royal Navy during this time period. They were essentially a magazine periodical that were published and sold through various booksellers in different port towns and around London that would just tell you who was being promoted, which ships were still in service, how many men were stationed on them, etc. So the Miss Musgroves, they have a copy of the naval list, the first one that's ever been had, as far as we know, in the Musgrove's home. And they're going to look through and try to find some of Captain Wentworth's ships. And we'll start with the Asp. When she could let her attention take its natural course again, she found the Miss Musgroves just fetching the Navy list, their own Navy list, the first that had ever been at Uppercross, and sitting down together to pore over it, with the professed view of finding out the ships that Captain Wentworth had commanded. Your first was the Asp, I remember. We will look for the Asp. You will not find her there, quite worn out and broken up. I was the last man who commanded her, hardly fit for service then, reported fit for home service for a year or two, and so I was sent off to the West Indies. The girls looked all amazement. So this is an interesting little side note here about service versus home service. So service meant it was fit for warfare. You could send it out fighting against the French, fighting against privateers, whatever you were fighting against, and it would be just fine. Fit for home service meant we're going to maybe send you on cargo runs, we're going to transport uh, people or different supplies to some of our outlying colonies. And so even though the ship wasn't good enough for naval service in combat, it was good enough to sail all the way to the West Indies. So that's quite a long trip, which you can see is probably why uh, the Miss Musgroves were so astonished at this pronouncement. Now, There were a few small ships during Jane Austen's time that had the name the Asp, 
And Hazel Jones wrote a really interesting article that I highly recommend in the Jane Austen Society of North America in 2018, all about um, the naval lists and how they relate to Captain Wentworth and the ASP in particular, and just some really interesting connections there. And I just want to just point out one thing that she talks about here. In this time period, right around the turn of the century, there was a pretty prominent uh, court-martialing that took place with Captain Popham. Now, Captain Popham, he was leading the squadron in the Royal Navy, and he, against the orders of the Admiralty, took his squadron somewhere else. And there was a lot of public outcry about his court-martialing because the uh, public felt that he was in the right for his actions. And you can read all about the details of this in Jane Austen in the Navy. But what's interesting is that Jane Austen was also a fan of Captain Popham, actually wrote a poem in his defense. And one of the things that Hazel Jones points out is that a lot of the words used to describe Captain Popham, Jane Austen also uses to describe Captain Wentworth, and both for good and ill. And so some of Lady Russell's comments about Wentworth are what some of Captain Popham's detractors used to comment about him. So just a little interesting side note there. And I bring this up because one of the ships in the squadron that Popham commanded was called the Asp. So just a little interesting coincidence there. And again, you can get the full details. You can get more details in that article by Hazel Jones and the Jane Austen Society of North America, or you can get even more details in uh, the book, Jane Austen and the Navy. Oh, and before I forget, the other really interesting thing uh, about Hazel Jones's article is that she actually has some pictures of naval lists from the time period in that article. So you can go over there if you want to know what a naval list actually looks like. Uh, check that out. as a great resource. All right, so let's talk about Captain Wentworth's other ship, the Laconia. So first, let's hear a clip. And once again, all of our audio clips come from the narrations of the talented Karen Savage, who did these for LibriVox, and they're in the public domain. And if you're interested in Jane Austen audiobooks, there are some great versions of these out there. But I highly recommend Karen Savage's. First of all, they're free. You can go to LibriVox.org and download those. Um, they have different mobile apps. Uh, but they're also just really well done. So let's take a look, or rather a listen, to what the Miss Musgroves find out about the Laconia. The girls were now hunting for the Laconia, and Captain Wentworth could not deny himself the pleasure of taking the precious volume into his own hands to save them the trouble, and once more read aloud the little statement of her name and rate and present non-commissioned class, observing over it that she too had been one of the best friends man ever had. Ah, those were pleasant days when I had the Laconia. How fast I made money in her— a friend of mine and I had such a lovely cruise together off the Western Islands. Poor Harville, sister. You know how much he wanted money. Worse than myself. He had a wife. Excellent fellow. I shall never forget his happiness. He felt it all so much for her sake. I wish for him again the next summer when I had still the same luck in the Mediterranean. All right, so there's a lot of interesting information here. First of all, the name, rate, and class of the ship. And again, you can see this in the article by Hazel Jones. The rate of a ship was how many men and how many cannons it had. And then the class was what the ship was doing. Is it in active service? Has it been decommissioned? Is it now just being used by, for civilian use or for cargo use? Things like that. And so all of this was published in the naval lists. The other thing that's interesting in this quote is this phrase, uh, a lovely cruise. And this was kind of a euphemism used in the Royal Navy during this time period for we're going on a mission to attack the enemy and try to get as much prize money as we can. And so if you had success, 
during this period, it was a lovely cruise. And so that's just an interesting phrase uh, of that time period. I don't know if it's still in use today in the Royal Navy. If we have any listeners familiar with the Royal Navy, maybe you can chime in on that. Now, we've talked about prize money in the past. Um, this is how Captain Whitworth made his fortune. The ship's captain and his officers would distribute a certain amount of prize money based on how many ships they would destroy or capture, how big those ships were, how many men they would capture, all these different things. And so it was in your best interest to try to capture as many ships as you could. Now, the Laconia, the ship Laconia is really interesting because although there, as far as we know, there weren't any ships called the Laconia during Jane Austen's lifetime. There have been two since then, and both of them had really infamous uh, histories. So the first HMS Laconia, and if you're not familiar with that term, HMS just means his majesty's ship or her majesty's ship, depending on if it's a king or a queen at the time. The HMS Laconia was built by Cunard Cruise Lines. It was a civilian ship built as a cruise liner, and Cunard is still a cruise lining company in service today. Uh, but the, the British Navy uh, drafted it into service during World War I. And it served until around 1916, and then it had been returned to Kinyard service and was now nominally acting as a civilian ship. And the Germans, a German submarine, attacked and sunk the ship, killing 12 out of 75 passengers. Now, two of those passengers were Americans, and this is why uh, the ship is so well known, because the high level of press coverage this received in the United States at the time, a lot of scholars believe that this was like the deciding factor, or at least one of the major factors in swaying public interest in the United States for having the U.S. enter World War I, which up until this point it had been kind of hesitant about. The second ship, also built by Cunard Cruise Lines, it was built during around the time of World War II. It was also drafted into service by the Royal Navy and also attacked by a German submarine in 1942. And there was all kinds of terrible events that surrounded this that are collectively known as the Laconia Incident. Really far-reaching consequences, not just during the war, but after the war for how Germans would approach civilian prisoners, how they, uh, how prisoners of war were kind of treated from that point on, all kinds of interesting things that happened because of the Laconia incident. So if you're interested in modern warfare history, I highly recommend you read about that. So to introduce this next segment, uh, we have a conversation going on between Captain Wentworth and his sister, and they're talking about the conveyance of ladies on a ship, in particular, officers' wives. And so let's listen to this exchange, and then we'll talk about this in context. But if I know myself, said he, this is from no want of gallantry towards them. It is rather from feeling how impossible it is, with all one's efforts and all one's sacrifices, to make the accommodations on board such as women ought to have. There can be no want of gallantry, Admiral, in rating the claims of women to every personal comfort high, and this is what I do. I hate to hear of women on board, or to see them on board and no ship under my command shall ever convey a family of ladies anywhere if I can help it. This brought his sister upon him. Oh, Frederick, but I cannot believe it of you. All idle refinement. Women may be as comfortable on board as in the best house in England. I believe I have lived as much on board as most women, and I know nothing superior to the accommodations of a man-of-war. I declare I have not a comfort or an indulgence about me even at Kellynch Hall, with a kind bow to Anne, beyond what I always had in most of the ships I have lived in, and they have been five altogether.' "'Nothing to the purpose,' replied her brother. "'You were living with your husband, and you were the only woman on board.'" So there's some really interesting history here. 
So first of all, it was pretty common during this time period for women to be on board ships. And I'm going to make the same distinction in this conversation that uh, Captain Wentworth and his sister make, uh, that there was kind of a difference between the different classes of women, what we would consider ladies. Uh, Typically, they were the wives of officers and the kind of general women who were the wives of crew in the lower deck. So obviously, just like on land, the experience that these women would have uh, compared to the wives of the officers would be very different, and it would depend on which class of society they belong to. Mrs. Croft here, she talks about how comfortable she was on a ship, and, and Captain Wentworth points out, well, yeah, you are the wife of an admiral, and you're the only woman on board in this situation. That's a very different situation than what a lot of women on board a ship experience. Now, there was also a fair amount of women who pretended to be men so that they could enter uh, the naval service. Even during this time period, there are a couple of famous cases of this, but it was we're not exactly sure how common this was, but we know it was fairly common, especially amongst the poor. If you were a poor woman with no family and you didn't have any other options for making money, uh, entering the Navy was a good way to at least earn a living wage. And during this time period, the idea of women on board a ship was kind of debated pretty hotly amongst the admiralty. Um, There's a really good article that describes this situation. Uh, Roland McMaster wrote this in 2015 in the Jane Austen Society of North America, just talking about how there was a big debate amongst the admirals about whether or not women should be on board, and also uh, about the tendency of prostitutes to be brought on board in port. And there was a lot of discussion, especially in Parliament, about whether this should be sanctioned, whether it should be forbidden. Um, And there's some really famous incidents that Roland McMaster gets into and talks about this. And and I believe his article talks about a particular case where the queen was brought on board a ship and there were prostitutes on board and just some really interesting things Uh, that took place because of that. So highly recommend you read that article if you're interested in what life was like for women who were involved with the Royal Navy during this time period. All right, so that wraps up our discussion of Persuasion Chapter 8. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to help support the show, please head over to leefalen.com slash mycousinjane, sign up for our newsletter, or click on the little donate button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thank you.